0: Welcome to Go Break the Ice, where Abby Goulet and Victory Ice talk to cool people. And today we have not one but two people on the show because these two people I'm about to introduce are a pretty awesome couple that we thought, uh, why not challenge ourselves with double the guests? Uh, that's right, Mel is a social worker who I met at Benton Street Baptist uh, Church here in Kitchener, and she's probably one of the most genuinely friendly people I've ever met. Uh, Mel is Really kind, funny, and fun to talk to. A great mom to her kids, Lucy, Joel, and Grace, and very competitive at extreme charades, and probably still doesn't trust me from that one move I made in Secret Hitler we played last year. Um, And we also have Seth, who I met at the same day at their apartment for a game night where I mentioned the charades. Seth is a nurse at a big hospital here in town and the deacon of young adults at Benton, which he's really good at because... Despite the craziness of the year, we're all still meeting for Bible study every week. Um, Seth is also very welcoming, friendly, a great dad to Lucy, Joel, and Grace, and has a very fun, sarcastic sense of humor, and likes to make up lots of acronyms that no one understands the meanings for, like WT, WDTLL, what does this look like, and PRs, which are prayer requests. Uh, welcome to the show, Mel and Seth Lippert.
1: Oh, thanks. You're
2: nice, welcome.
1: Thanks for having <laughs> us. We're very honored to be on GD GBTI. Oh my.
3: Here we go. Yeah, thanks for the intro. That was so nice. GBTI.
0: <laughs> That's right. I actually have used that intro that acronym once and then <laughs> I didn't use it again. I don't know why. So I'm glad you brought it back.
1: Always anytime. <laughs>
0: So, Malin Seth, uh what do you do and why do you do it?
1: So, I what this I like this question. It's an interesting question. Um and it's kind of been cool to hear all the different responses. I'm on episode 4 of this podcast just for That's just nice. for reference out there. But yeah, so I've seen people go in like a just casual direction or like a serious direction with this and I was kind of I didn't know which one to go with, but I think I'm going to have to go serious. So there's a phrase that's floating out there in various Christian circles that was sort of popularized by people like John Piper, but uh, I think originally came from like the Westminster catechism. And it goes like something like, it might be wrong. This is a paraphrase, but uh, the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. And um, I think that's kind of my goal of why I do what I do. I don't know if I'm always succeeding at having that as my sort of fundamental motivation, but that's the that's the aim. And I think that is kind of a cool phrase for two reasons, because it sort of captures one sort of the happiness aspect. A lot of people try to uh, live their lives for happiness and to get the most out of life, get the most joy out of life. Um, And then other people can maybe just try to be obedient to God and the the Bible and maybe don't see that as something that's connected to joy at all. And I think that phrase is cool because it connects the two. And it says that um, when you do glorify God and you're obedient to him and you're praising him with your lifestyle, that is the same thing. It's like almost synonymous with enjoyment and, uh, and getting joy out of life. So I think that's kind of the aim of all those different silos of life of parenting and work and uh, family life and like things even like exercise is just seeking how to utilize that phrase in those various silos. So there's my serious answer. Go ahead, Mel. Mel.
3: I was listening to the episode with Kelly and I could really relate to a lot of what she said. So I do what I do right now because I have three children. And so I stay at home with them. I've been thinking about this a little bit more though recently because there's this like pull that I have of wanting to be career focused, but then also wanting to be a really good parent. And what I do in social work, in the realm of social work, is I do a lot of parenting groups and things for different parents. And so I preach all of this to my clients and then I have to go and live it out at home and it doesn't always translate well. However, uh, so I have this constant like struggle where I want to like be a social worker and go back to work. But then I also want to just like spend that time with my kids um, and ensure they have like strong attachment and that I can Mm -hmm. like just teach them about who Jesus is. So as of late, I've realized that God has like put me in this position of being a mom to these three kids and being a wife to Seth. And it's okay if I take a break from social work for right now um, in the career sense of that, because I definitely do it in my personal life right now as a stay-at-home mom. Um, But I do what I do because I know God has called me to glorify him in what I'm doing right now and where he has put me. And that is with three little people every day (laughs) and a husband. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it is fun it is fun they That's are awesome. really funny that every day was like a like a
2: uh.
1: <laughs> Just tacking on the husband there at the end
2: <laughs> no i really loved all those answers So for people who are listening, Victory here don't know Mel and Seth. This is the first time that I've met them, which is really fun for me to try to get to see a little bit more into Abby's world and also to get to meet two more awesome Canadians to call friends, I hope, eventually. Um, To get to go meet you guys in person would be awesome eventually. We won't talk about why I can't do that right now. um, But (laughs) (laughs) social work and nursing. I mean, I just want to say... Thank you for what you do, because it is appreciated by many people.
1: Can I just say, like, I really appreciate the fact that you guys have gone out of your way to not mention the certain virus that shall not be named on this Mm -hmm. podcast. And that's awesome, because I feel like people just talk about it all the time. And I want to have a conversation.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, we got a bleep virus. We're not doing virus.
1: (laughs) Or, Or, oh, we don't say that one either the pathogen that shall not <laughs> No, no, no. no.
0: I'll, I'll do a full bleep sensor <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah
0: no I think I thought your guys's answers were really it's like it's so cool that you said it's just such an all-encompassing answer of like why you do what you do like in the end it's all to glorify God and that just Like, it reminds me of the Stephen Curtis Chapman song that comes from Corinthians around like, do everything you do to the glory of the one who made you. Um, It's a spin of something in Corinthians that I can't remember. And I just think it's it's so cool that you guys try and live that out with everything because it just makes everything feel so much more meaningful i guess is like the stuff that you think is just like oh i'm like helping my kid for like the 20th time like it could just be kind of seem kind of
2: boring but it's like no it's i'm bringing god glory in everything that i do so yeah. i thought that was you really see pointer. that it's an eternal impact and not just uh temporary mm-hmm.
1: definitely something that's uh easier said than done um, but that's we're trying yeah. and I do appreciate that you've referenced like Stephen or SCC, <laughs> I should say like three times or more, at least on this podcast.
2: Yes, Have we mentioned yeah, Colony yeah. House though? Cause if we haven't, this is at least oh, one yeah. for them. Colony House. <laughs> Stephen Curtis Chapman's sons. Yeah. Our, yeah. our four year old is
3: obsessed with one of their songs right now.
1: Remembered for
3: because she thinks that it's saying
1: Number four. Uh,
3: Number four. And she just turned four. And she, like, loves this song and just, like, dances around our house to it.
1: It's known as the number song around here. And (laughs) I've tried to correct her, but yeah. Yeah. Now we just call it the number. That's
0: fantastic. (laughs) You know what's funny is there actually is a number song too that Colony House sings. It one, two, three, four. So it's funny that the one that she remembers number 4 is remembered for.
3: Don't introduce Lucy to that song or we will forever be confused in our house about what number song she wants. Hey,
1: it's better than Coco Melon.
3: (laughs) For all those non-parents listening out there, Coco Melon, YouTube it. You'll understand why he said that.
1: Uh Hard don't.
2: I'm surprised I don't know this because I work Is with
3: kindergarten. Oh yeah, so. yeah. Victory, your kids would be all over this at school. It does teach
2: good lessons, Victory. That's great. Should I actually type it in at work with a group of kindergartners on Monday this week? I, I, I think you'd be the coolest teacher for sure. <laughs> okay, Coco <laughs> Melon. I'm gonna remember this. Yeah, yeah do I'm it. I'm gonna do it. Coco yeah, melon.
0: melon, you might all regret right. that yourself, Victory, but <laughs>
2: So our second question for you today is, what is something you are passionate about? I am passionate
3: about realness and reflection. And that might not be surprising seeing as I am trained as a social worker. Uh, but I really appreciate when people are real, but when it's paired with reflective. And I, ch- I try to live this out, but it is a challenging uh, thing to do. Uh, Because when we reflect on ourselves, we come up with some ugly stuff, right? Like, why am I responding to whoever in this way? Oh, it's because I'm insecure about this. And so I love when people are willing to, like, be real with one another and be honest and communicate and do all of these, like, great things where you can get to know someone because they're being real and they're being vulnerable. Um, But I love when that is paired with, like, a learning attitude and a reflective attitude, And I'm like super passionate about like doing that with my kids in particular. I hate when I'm like real and my sin comes out with them. Like I can't stand it because I am a perfectionist. But um, I don't know. I like like to teach them that like it's okay to make mistakes and we are real and these are real things. But we need to reflect on the fact that, oh, I did this silly thing and now I need to say sorry for it. And I don't want to do that again. And God is working on my heart and things like that. So all that to say – I'm really passionate about encouraging others and myself to be real with people and to be reflective of why I do what I do.
0: That's really cool. I think that's a cool thing to be passionate about.
1: I guess it's my turn to answer. (laughs) So I was thinking about this question. I'm passionate about like things were coming to my mind, like just random hobbies. Like right now I'm really into coffee, but I was like, that doesn't seem to be a good answer. Just You know, I'm passionate about coffee, which it's true, but um, the sort of sort of common denominator of all my various hobbies and things I would say are is applied knowledge. So I think I like to learn. Mm. Um, That's one of my passions, but specifically so I can um, apply it to some area of life. And I'll give you maybe a few examples. Uh, I have a colleague who has a sweater that says study to save lives, which is like such a cool phrase to me. And I, I think like my two big areas that I'm pretty passionate about uh, using this sort of principle are in like theology and um, medical science. So both of those, I think, are just kind of cool fields where there's something that God has created and there's something that are very vast. There's a lot to learn in them. Too much for one person, really, like in medical medical science, um, there might be an expert in some particular field, but there's never going to be an expert in all of medical science because there's just too much there. And I, th- I just think that's cool, like the bulk of information. Uh, you can keep going and going and going and just never have a lifetime of learning there. But you can get to a place of competency where you've like learned a lot of, of these things and you can put it into practice and actually see some effect and some positive results on the world, which I think is awesome. And the same thing uh, is like very similar in theology is just, and I think that's sort of like how we're, we're designed to be uh, is that the more we grow in our knowledge of uh, you know, just the created world and also of God, it, it helps us to live our lives better and like live our lives to the full to use that cliche. <laughs> so I think that's to summarize, I'm passionate about uh, learning in areas that I can just better, better the world.
3: Would you also say that you're passionate about keeping your books extremely meticulous? Yes. And like, I think maybe that might be an even deeper passion you have. Right.
1: So Mel is referring to the fact that I need to have my books in a like very particular order and they need to be free of things like creases oh and dog ears.
3: Like- and I'm afraid to read his books. And if our kids touch their book, like his books, they know they're not supposed to, and they'll like joke around about it. And I'm like, no, no, guys, no. it's not a funny joke. <laughs> a Daddy's joke. gonna be mad.
1: And yeah, if I can just go back to the thing about like bettering the world, I think any like well kept <laughs> bookshelf with um, nice pristine books is is better for the world. So there you go.
2: Definitely don't look at the bookshelf behind. <laughs> Theology,
0: medical, medical advancement, and keeping books pristine
1: (laughs) yeah the ultimate okay but i'm also
2: curious about this you you answered coffee and i don't think you were joking yeah we want to know about the coffee what what kind of coffee
1: so back in january i bought a chemex which is like a a type of percolator or a pour over if you want to use that phrase and uh And then I bought a Harry V60 drip decanter, which is just the same sort of thing. So I got really into pour over coffee specifically. And I just went like crazy on this and was like researching um, like the, you know, the molecular structure of the coffee bean and like making a list in my phone of all the different like fats and acids that are in a coffee bean. And I almost was at the point where I bought a thing called a refractometer. And uh, you can't, like, they're only used in, I don't know. I don't know who uses them. Like, it's very few people in the world. I think they use them in, like, brewing um, with beer and that kind of thing. But uh, they're literally, like, seven to $800. And oh all they do gosh. is tell you this a number of basically, like, how much you're getting out of your cup of coffee and how well you're brewing it. And I was like almost at the point where I was about to click like buy on Amazon <laughs> to buy like a $700 oh, instrument oh. that was going to tell me like if I was actually brewing my coffee correctly. No, no.
3: okay, okay. Can I, just... but
1: I But I didn't. So that's... Okay,
3: can I share something that I'm passionate about? Frugality. Like I don't even know why I didn't say that to begin with, but I am like probably the cheapest person of life. So I've really grown a lot. Seth and I have had a lot of real conversations, if you will, about this coffee passion he has, and we've really come to some good compromise about that. I've learned, he's learned. I make it sound like it was a really great, growthful conversation. It was. It was rough, guys.
1: Yeah. So the refractometer was the good.
3: <laughs> the coffee tastes good
1: I'll never know my total dissolved solid and my extraction so I can like I'll I'll brew you a good cup of coffee but don't ask me to give you the extraction ratio because I will not be able to calculate it without my refractometer but that's okay oh my it's gosh. still gonna taste pretty good <laughs>
3: oh my!
2: <laughs> well at least you like coffee Mel because I was gonna say if only he likes the coffee then you're really in trouble there <laughs> It's true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> gotta have, gotta keep it caffeinated with three kids around.
0: <laughs> my only upgrade in my coffee game was Nespresso.
3: That's I got an Nespresso machine, so I've seen some of your Instagram heart frothy
1: things.
2: So, <laughs> oh, oh. yeah, I've been impressed.
1: Oh, are you, is she into latte art?
2: Yeah, does that surprise
3: you? It's
1: Abby no, Goulet. Cool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen this
0: Abby. I need to see this. The reason Becky won't haven't seen aren't any is because they've all been bad except for the two that I posted on Instagram. So <laughs> Can you post
1: a picture of your latte art in the show notes?
0: Yes. <laughs> I'll put it on Instagram too. I'll put it on our Instagram. The world must
2: see Abby Goulet's frothy art. I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> this is story time uh we would like to hear just any story you would like to share it can be this week or this month or this year and you guys have listened to the podcast so we've had all kinds of stories so feel free share share a story with us
1: too bad we don't work at chick-fil-a, <laughs> Chick-fil-A.
3: but they are getting a chick-fil-a in kitchener so that's a yeah. bonus oh yay for canada In kitchener i didn't know that oh yeah yeah man fairway road abby
1: game changer
3: uh we were gonna share the story of how we met, and some people know this story, but we're gonna share it anyways. And we're gonna try to do it together. Yes. Yes. I like it. It all started at a Bible camp, classic. I worked at this camp for a really long time, and then Seth decided he was gonna work there one summer. And just for context, Seth is like, Seth and I grew up in areas that are like three hours away from each other. So he randomly chose this camp to come to with some of his friends. And I volunteered a couple days that summer because it was the one summer out of like 10 straight summers that I took off to work for a different organization. So I volunteered a couple, a couple of the days and Seth and I, one of the things I remember about meeting him was that he played the guitar really well and I was jealous, but obviously that's attractive as well. So I was like, oh, you're so good and I'm not good at all. (laughs) And, uh, but I was was dating another person and so I wasn't interested in this guy but I did think he was really good at guitar and he was quite cute.
1: Right so from my my like perspective on this initial meeting was that these friends that we uh, came to camp with I had like a list with them like a list that I would tell them about what was it the the list of like the ideal future wife or something like that Amazing. like something like juvenile and I've moved past this okay I'm, I'm more mature now but this is representative of my interest in 2000 the summer of 2010 so I had this list and um when I saw Mel for the first time gazing at her across a soccer field I noticed the color of her hair And, like, this is a podcast, an audio podcast, so I'll just describe it for the listeners, but the way that I had it on the list was that I wanted a (laughs) wife with hair like the Auburn Sunset, and the reason I came up with that phrase was because I saw Mel's hair, and it looked pretty...
2: Auburn sunset (laughs) Right, yes.
1: So... Anyways, so needless to say, there was an element of attraction. Um, I do remember this time when we played guitar and I do remember we were playing like Blessed Be Your Name specifically. I did know like I was aware at the time that I was playing this like particular strumming pattern, like kind of impressively um, and kind of like in a way that like you don't have to play it like that. It's kind of like over the top, but I knew it was sort of impressive. And, but then I tried to play it off all cool. And I was like, oh yeah, like totally you can play like this. Like, let me just show you how, like here. And then I, I was kind of that guy. And I was aware that she was like dating someone at the time, but I was like, well, it's just, it's just dating. Like, what is dating? I I can get in here especially for that Auburn sunset here.
3: Okay. The last thing I'll say about the summer at camp is that I read this list. So we had this staff night, and for some reason, I got to go to it. And I read this list, and it was freaky because I ticked off so many of the things on his list. And I was like, who is this guy? But slightly intrigued. So So
1: fast forward.
3: Two years. I messaged Seth because that relationship is long gone. And... I learned how to play "Blessed Be Your Name" on the guitar in a cool strumming pattern way. What I thought was cool. (laughs) Seth's probably laughing right now, being like, (laughs) (laughs) "Novice still." But anyways, so I learned how to play this, and me and my friend Katie are chatting about how, how do I send this message to this guy? Cause like, I don't know what Seth is up to, but like, he seemed like a cool guy. So maybe I'll just message him on Facebook and see. So me and Katie probably poured over this message for a good half hour <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was very uh, short. And, sweet. and I said, I learned how to play blessed be your name. And I just wanted you to know that. I don't know if you know, if you remember doing that, blah, blah, blah. So Seth I'm like sitting anxiously like is this guy gonna message me back and he did that night and he's like maybe we'll play it again someday in the future and he said it like that and I was like oh my goodness Katie Katie so but Seth was totally oblivious to the fact that I was like you know just trying to get to know him because I was interested in finding a boyfriend perhaps and he like probably for a good month was just like, Oh, she's friendly again. Cool to talk to her. Nice. And thought I was still like dating someone.
1: Yeah. So I definitely have uh, like a deficit of social awareness. (laughs) So it did take a good while for me to realize like, that's what the intention was, but I did catch on eventually. And then I did respond to Mel's like romantic advances. And we did go on a date eventually um, we went ice skating. Okay, oh, our first official up.
3: date was going snowboarding. Oh, yeah. And we went with You're two right. of our other friends, one a girl, one a guy. A group and- date. I was like, well, he's just really nice to Kalen. Like, you know, he, he like this guy. I don't think he likes me. He just is a nice, flirty type of guy, classic. And he was, mm-hmm. but um, he was like, "Are you kidding?" Like later on, after we talked about this, he's like, "Are you kidding, Mal?" Like the whole way home, I was grilling you off, like, "Oh, where did you grow up? Oh, what did you want to do? Oh, all this stuff about you." So he was interested,
1: but how, how was
3: it? <laughs> no, it wasn't a date. It was our first hangout, and yeah. I was super nervous. <laughs> okay. So then fast forward, we hang it a little bit and I don't know. I was a little bit hesitant. So I know we said like, I took the initiative at the beginning, but then I kind of like was nervous again. Cause I didn't want to do another relationship that was just right. like not going anywhere. And Seth then like advanced quite quickly. So he, I remember the one time we did our define the relationship conversation and he, we were like, We didn't know when we would hang out again. He was at school in Sudbury, FYI, which is like four hours from Kitchener, which is where I lived. So we were kind of like, okay, bye. And it was this awkward goodbye. I went into my house and Seth like drives away and I was like, oh man, like that sucks. Like, what are we going to do? Then he turns around, comes back into the driveway, calls me on my phone. I'm like, why is he calling me? I'm already in my house. I come out to the driveway. I know, right? I come out to the driveway and he's like, okay, I have to tell you something. I like you and I was like okay well that's good because I like you too and then we
1: chatted like most of the night that was the pivotal moment I guess was it yeah because I drove away and I stopped and it was like very movie-esque where I just like (laughs) kind of looked at my steering wheel and like thought about the meaning of life for a minute listened to a John Mayer song to like amp myself up and then drove around promptly to like say what I needed to say before I chickened out so anyway, so then we were dating um for eight months or so. Five months. Five months. It was pretty quick. And then I decided to propose. And this was around the time where promposals and that kind of thing were huge, <laughs> extravagant proposals were like the trend. They were trending. And so I was like I hopped on that trend hard. And I my proposal was like the most horrible slash extravagant slash amazing <laughs> thing ever. And it was, like, involved three letters that I read to Mel, like, over the course of the day after various pit stops, um, which included things like go-karting oh and hot air hot air balloon ride. Um,
2: <gasps> Nuh-uh.
1: And playing
2: me a, yeah, a, playing, a song playing, on a guitar playing in a, a park. A romantic
1: song in a park. And then it culminated, like, in a walk in the dark where I had my friends, like, hiding in a bush with a camera. And I had given them some funding to go like purchase some roses and some candles to make a, a like a like a romantic walkway in the park. Anyway, so it was over the top. She knew it was coming the whole day and I would not recommend that method of proposal <laughs> to anyone, but it did work out. She did say yes. When we got to the park, there was uh like a row of candles leading up to a pond and I said I said something like and she knew because the our friends had parked their car her car Mel's car outside of the park so she saw her own car as we walked up to this and she knew like exactly what was going on but nonetheless i tried to distract her and say oh no like what is this fire these hooligan kids are lighting fires in the park again but um (laughs) anyways we got up there and i did propose and she did say yes and that led to marriage and now we're married (laughs) and we have three kids so it was successful in the end but it's
3: really funny looking back because Seth you were like so dramatic like so into these like big extravagant things like when I think about your list of 40 things yeah. or whatever it was like Seth would just like fall hard for girls it was like I love them and if they didn't love me then my life doesn't matter and it was just like it's so great to see like and to hear you then talk about the proposal and like all those dates we went on to were quite extravagant but they did win me over and it's it's interesting to look back um because like anyone will say yeah marriage is like not easy but like Seth and I are very stubborn individuals both of us and so we have butt heads like a lot in our relationship and we felt like pre-marriage counseling and stuff we're like oh yeah we're good to go like we can do this sort of a thing and I just, it it has been, like, the first year was, like, really hard, um, but it has definitely been a worthwhile investment and really, really good for sanctification. The end. <laughs> That's hilarious.
0: That's such a cool story, though, the way that all, like, all came around. Wow, like, just all of the details, the list, the 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 movie moment of like <laughs> i gotta turn around like that could that could be
2: in a movie i feel like that's a thing where like <laughs> <just> turn around <laughs> <laughs> i was very entertaining I've, i don't know that i've ever heard quite that of an extravagant um proposal story before so that's cool for the record i have an inside joke with
0: janae about a hot air balloon ride proposal. I just think that was like the funniest thing because I always think that I always thought that would be super cool. Like, oh my gosh, you're in like a hot air balloon, like up in the middle of the sky somewhere. Yeah. So when you said a hot air balloon, I was like, oh my gosh, if Janae listens to this, she will start laughing.
1: <laughs> but yeah, the problem is I didn't propose in the hot air balloon. It started with a hot air balloon, and then there was like 40 more <laughs> events that day. So you don't start with a hot air balloon. This is what I've learned. <laughs>
2: Okay, so our fourth and final formal-ish question is, what is something that not very many people know about you?
1: Okay, so not many people know that I've been to 10, I think it's 10, I might have lost count, 10 Shad shows. Mm -hmm. So Shad is like a Canadian uh, rapper who was also like briefly the host of um, Q on CBC, which is again like a Canadian radio show but i've been to see him 10 at least 10 times maybe 11 and every time i was like right in the front row rapping along i've a few times have got like shout outs from the band afterwards being like oh man like you're that crazy guy that's always in the front row <laughs> that knows all the lyrics and um, so that's kind of my like that's awesome claim to fame is that i've yeah i think i've been to more than anyone else but that. I don't know. I I've never seen anyone as big of a fan as me at those shows. So
3: Seth also gets very starstruck oh, by yeah. Shad, which is also entertaining to see. Cause one time we did meet him at a concert and he Seth's face, I wish I wish people could see this face right now. Because it's just like and he can't, yeah. like, he can't speak to him. And Chad's like, hey, man, like, wait, thanks for coming to the show. And he's like, yeah, yeah.
1: I've had, like, uh, like, three or four opportunities to actually, like, talk to him and have a real conversation. And every time I've just been the most awkward. Like, I think I might have ran away one time. Another time um, we did, my friends, like, forced us to take a picture. So I went to go stand beside him and I like put my arm up to like give him a side hug or whatever. And then he was like, Oh man, like I don't know if you want to touch me because I'm pretty sweaty. And I was like, and I didn't know what to say and I <laughs> I was so awkward and starstruck that I just said, It's it's okay. I just want to be close to you. <laughs> and then he was like, Okay, I guess we're I guess this is happening. And then <laughs> <laughs> so that picture did happen. But that's my, it, it's tainted by that memory.
0: As uh, I feel bad, but I also would definitely put that as like a caption somewhere. Even if it was like a private caption, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right, Mel, your fact.
3: Okay. I had a difficult time deciding what people might not know about me. Because like I said, I do uh, like to talk. Well, I didn't say that, but I like to be real. So a lot of people know many things about me, but. What I will say is I, my parents still live in the same house that I grew up in and I like lived my entire childhood in this house and they still have it to this day and it's awesome and I dread the day when they eventually sell their house. So I grew up in this like really small town that's like, say for all those listeners out there, two hours north of Toronto and it's like in the bush and I love that I grew up in this small town and it saddens me that I now live in a city and Seth is probably rolling his eyes because he's always like, oh, the city's (laughs) the best anyways. And that's my fun fact is that I'm stuck in Kitchener, but I long for the day when I will be able to live in the lakes again and the forest well my my
0: uh family, my parents grew up in a city that was like
3: a thousand people. It
0: was you said two hours north of Toronto, I think where my mom grew up was like three or four hours north of Toronto, so it's past North Bay by like two or three hours and then my dad was in Timmins, which is not as small of a town, but it's like five hours north of Toronto if not yeah it's remote more than that. I don't know it's like ten hours ish from here, but I feel like if you grew up there like there's it's definitely different than a city like. It's
2: it's not the same. I grew up in the city as well, but my mom's side of the family owns a farm, and I think I'm kind of secretly a country girl at heart. I would be totally fine with not being in the city ever again, I think.
1: Yeah! <laughs> oh, no.
2: Victory. Soulmates. Kindred spirits. <laughs>
0: Seth is outnumbered.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs>
0: Actually, I'm probably more of a city person, I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, I
2: Yes, nice. Abby definitely is a city. <laughs> so we have come up with a way, hopefully, to make this sort of fair. You guys have been listening to the show, so you know that there's sort of a competition between our guests to see how many questions they can answer in the span of two minutes. Since there are two of you, we have changed the rules. We will do one minute segment, so each of you will have one minute to answer as many questions as you can, and you will both combine your answer totals and we will get your as a team total that will go into our guest list of answers Great. are you ready mel We're no. ready. yes
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay ready three two one go what is your favorite board game um oh crap splendor what is your favorite thing to do with your kids
3: uh go for walks
2: what's your favorite worship song
3: why? Why is this so hard? Um, plus for your <laughs> name. <laughs> what? Who is your
0: favorite music artist? Uh, I've been really into need to breathe lately. Favorite thing to do at the cottage. Boating. What's the first thing you would do on the moon?
2: Jump. <laughs> if you could have any animal as a pet, what would you choose? My cat, Jennifer.
0: If you could have any
2: superpower, what would you choose?: Flying. You wish you were a professional fill in the blank um, psychologist. <laughs> I know so sad.
0: Favorite book in the Bible.
3: Ooh, um, um, why Philippians?
2: Yeah, that was bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The worship song that was hard.
1: Man, this no actually so you weird. did
2: pretty well i will tell you because if he gets as many as you did then you'll be up there so oh
1: yeah okay, well pressure is on yeah i guess
2: but the thing is that's not my true that's not yeah, my favorite this... worship song so i can't like you can't count well it. Like, i wouldn't you can because i would have said that as well i was actually <laughs> thinking it when she asked you that i was like she has I'm to sure say Trust me, when I answered the questions, half of them were not the right answer. It's like when you oh, get yeah. the pressure of it, it's, you, everything leaves your brain.
1: Oh, it's true. It's true. <laughs> That's it's good. just a game of lies, basically.
2: <laughs> no, shh, it's <laughs> not <laughs> lies. It's just, it's improvising when you can't think of the truth. That's, <laughs> That's,
0: what That's what speed, speed round is. It's just a round and- of lies. How fast can you lie? <laughs>
1: Okay, Seth, are you ready? I'm ready to tell some falsehoods. <laughs>
0: Three, two, one, go. Would you go skydiving? Yes. Have you ever shared a toothbrush with someone?
1: Yes, not intentionally. If you
0: could close
2: one restaurant, what would you close?
1: McDonald's because I love it and I would not be tempted anymore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Netflix or YouTube?
1: Uh, no, YouTube.
0: Coffee or tea? Coffee. <laughs> apple yeah. music or
1: spotify apple music all spotify. the
2: way <laughs> what is your dream car
1: Ooh, minivan uh, a cyber van. no a cyber truck tesla <laughs> uh
0: favorite trip you've ever taken
1: uh bc
2: favorite part of the day
1: afternoon
0: favorite musical instrument uh,
1: violin
2: would you rather be hot or cold
1: hot for sure
0: favorite brand of bottled water dasani do you say pop or soda
1: pop always
2: nice, oh wow
0: you did really well too
3: seth that
0: was amazing
2: yeah i actually
1: i only told two lies.
3: it definitely would have been fun to try to answer for the other person like oh. your green car is a toyota sienna that's Come on, true seth.
1: that's true that was one of my lies my other one was <laughs> Dasani. Yeah, Dasani. I, I don't think wow. I've ever drink in Dasani. It's
0: so gross. No, it's funny you picked uh, Dasani though, because that's the only one I actually have like a strong opinion on. Like, I feel like it tastes borderline like chlorine
2: chlorinated. Yep. Like it's
1: disgusting.
2: <laughs> so it should have been least favorite brand of bottled water.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I thought you said.
2: So.
3: <laughs> nice, you liar. Recovery.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, so your grand total was 23 questions answered.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, which was
2: definitely top two, one of the top two slots. So. Yeah.
1: Nice. High five.
0: I have come up with two would you rathers for Seth and Mel. So Seth, I'm pretty convinced that you'll be conflicted in this, but <laughs> I'm very curious. Oh, and the other thing is that Seth has said that he has a would you rather for me. So this is kind of a twisty yeah. show. I think it's Ooh. a real
1: shame that... You guys only get to answer these questions one time because Yeah I, I love this segment and I think I have some good ones for Abby. Um Victory, I don't I don't know you well enough, unfortunately, to right. give a real good cringe factor.
2: Oh, I'm very <laughs> excited to hear Abby's.
1: Oh yeah. I think I got a good one. So we'll see whose is better.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay, Seth. Would you
0: rather have to do an introduction circle every time you go into a group of people for the rest of your life or have to underline every third verse in your bible for the rest of your life every time you read it
1: oh my okay so that that's pretty good
2: (laughs) i was laughing earlier because you talked about your books and i knew what what your rather
1: was this is but genuinely, he also hates like, people. So this, this is, is a pro- no. This is genuinely causing me <laughs> <the> internal conflict.
2: <laughs> Ooh.
0: I have nailed it.
1: Th- like as much as it makes me almost like have a visceral like pain to say this. Um, I think I would have to go with intro circles.
2: Oh, um, wow. I,
1: just, I can't. I can't desecrate a book like that. It goes against my very being.
2: It's not even that it's the Bible. It's just a book in general. You're yeah. just saying no, I, it you, you could matter. not put a marking in a book, no matter what book it is.
1: Yeah, it's still oh yeah no. It's it's causing me well pain, done. but yeah, I'd have to go with intro, intro circles, which I despise. That's so that's saying something. <laughs>
0: You know what's funny is I, I started this would you rather with have to ever underline every third line in every book you ever read? Like I changed it to Bible because at first I was like, Okay, I'll go with just Bible, but I, yeah. I was like, Oh, maybe that makes it too easy, but the no. fact that you were conflicted for so long is so great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I should I get revenge right now? Yeah. Or can oh, or do you I think, ask you, Mel's I think you could absolutely <laughs> get Okay. Would you rather listen to Hello Hurricane? for the rest of your life as the only song ever you couldn't listen to any other songs (laughs) or would every time you use a computer all the programs were just like the worst possible ux (laughs) (laughs) oh
0: no (laughs) oh no oh Oh, it's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one,
2: Seth. You you got me. I I feel like I, I know to, what you're going to yes. answer. Can I say what I think you'd say? Yeah, yeah,
0: you do it first. I,
2: I think Abby's going to say it has to be the bad UX. Because yeah. there's no way that she could only listen to Hello Hurricane for the rest of her life.
1: Yeah, really?
2: But I can't yeah. do my job if I have, yeah. <laughs> I have bad
0: UX. But if, yeah, oh, but you just... it's a...
1: <laughs> The UX is so, a big one.
0: I think I have to go... Oh, I have to go into music. I guess I'll just <laughs> never listen to
3: music again. <laughs> oh no!
0: Oh. <laughs> Abby, I'll just you
1: play music. You just
2: fix the UX. No, just you just go in and fix you everything. Can't fix the UX. Not <laughs> even for her job, though. Like she, she has to be able to do her job. Still, I thought you meant like on her computer, everything was like messed up.
1: Well, this is good because Abby told me before this show that like you know it's a good would you rather when people try to like change the parameters. (laughs) no you cannot change exactly you can't fix it
2: wow abby's giving up music for the rest of her life just so she can have good ux you heard it here first look it's it's if it wasn't vital to my livelihood (laughs) i'd probably pick the other one
0: (laughs) Good. that was good my, Seth, my mission on. is accomplished
2: all right mel are you ready to get in on this action i am ready yours is would you rather have to memorize first and second chronicles for oh. a year or oh. take a year and never wear sweatpants oh and by sweatpants <laughs> we mean sweat <laughs> joggers <laughs> yoga pants or all like all the
0: like comfy pants
3: Oh Okay, I feel, bad, yeah, I feel bad. Yeah, I feel bad. You can't say like, "Ooh, I'm not going to memorize scripture." People yeah. need to read First Chronicles. Right
0: <laughs> <1, okay. laughs> <laughs>
3: That's the thing. It's not a jab at
0: like, your, like yeah, you're like not wanting to read the Bible. It's like Chronicles. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would. Right rather... now, you're
1: conflicted between pants and the Bible. I'm so. currently
3: wearing red <laughs> pants did <laughs> <laughs> you rather did you say would i rather memorize
2: so you have to memorize it in a year first first and second chronicles in a year or not wear any sweatpants for an entire year
1: all those names all i don't want to do places. the chronicles one okay so you would <laughs>
2: really? rather take not a wear- year and have to wear jeans basically
3: all year. i do okay the true confession is i really do like jeans this thing that we oh, won't okay. name on this podcast has made me, and I was also pregnant during mm. part of that. So the sweatpants and working from home. So the sweatpants thing was real sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I can't. Those names, when I have to read through them, mm-hmm. I put it on play on my phone. Yes. <laughs> <think> I can <laughs> yes. do it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That was very well done. Well done.
0: yeah i guess also some background on that is that seth at one point in a bible study had said he was going to memorize first first chronicles and like impress everyone with all the names and so i was like oh but i don't
2: think mel would want to do that (laughs) i would not listen to that (laughs) all right and as always you can check us out on instagram at go break the ice pod i think that's the slash (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, go break the ice pod. And if
0: you have any questions about anyone who's been on the show, anything you've heard on the show, or if you potentially even want to be on the show, you can email us as always at questions at gobreaktheice.com. And with that, the ice has been broken, and the lippers have spoken. spoken. This is abby here this isn't really a blooper but i thought it was a funny deleted scene so if you hate ticks i wouldn't recommend if you are very interested in ticks i have questions but anyway here you go a deleted scene about ticks
1: last time i was in the country i got a tick on me
2: (laughs) oh no 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 (laughs) no. a tick (laughs) (laughs) i have a horror story about ticks when i was like 10 years old I was out in the country at my family's farm and I was walking alongside the road with one of my cousins and I looked down and there were ticks crawling up my leg ticks, plural, like lots oh of them gosh. crawling up my, no. like I had shorts on. So like crawling up my bare legs and my cousin was like, oh my gosh, Vic, you have ticks crawling all over you. And I freaked out oh. and I still remember it. I mean, there's no pictures, there's no video, but that happened. It's a true story. Oh.
4: That's so yeah. gross. Yeah,
1: ticks are ticks are gross. Oh. Um yeah, here's a medical fact that you cannot take as real medical advice <laughs> because it's just a podcast. But ticks um apparently keep the bacteria that causes Lyme disease inside their intestines. And it doesn't go into their saliva when they're biting you until 48 hours later. So they have to basically like barf up this bacteria. And it takes 48 hours for that to get from their gut to their mouth where they're biting you. So if you have a tick for less than 48 hours, your chances of contracting Lyme disease are extremely, extremely small. So there you go.
3: He did all this research because (laughs) of the tick on his leg. (laughs) Make your face.
1: (laughs) Or you could just not go to the country and then
3: Wow. That's even better. Abby, cut
1: that out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna get competitive about this thing here.